Change will not come if we wait for some other person or if we wait for some other time. We are the ones we've been waiting for. Black folks today 
I wonder if they would have pride, they would feel pride, knowing that a lot of black folks are looking for reparations, handouts, making excuses for not being able to finish high school, college, not being able to hold down a job, making excuses where it's everybody's fault but theirs. It's not my fault that I can't hold down a job because my ancestors from five generations ago suffered at the hands of the white man for slavery. I wonder if our ancestors could come back today and say, and look at us and say, you have it all. You have it all. And look at what you're doing with it. You're allowing, among so many other things, one party to buy your vote by promising you something for nothing. Nothing more than the promise of your vote. This particular party is saying to you, you can't make it on your own. You don't have the necessary tools to make it on your own. You were never provided with the wherewithal to fend for yourself. We have a president who says that we as Americans, not just black folks, but we as Americans shouldn't have to fend for ourselves. That government, and in particular the Democrat Party, should be there to help us. When a great man, a wise man, Frederick Douglass said, to simply leave us alone, leave us alone, let us be. It goes without saying that Obama supporters do not condone the nastier genocidal bits of national socialism, but the big lie described by Hitler and the perfected and the, and then perfected by Joseph Goebbels is a familiar Democrat tactic. It's described by its creator as thus. Broad masses of a nation more readily fall victim to the big lie than the small lie, since they themselves often tell small lies in little matters, but would be ashamed to resort to large-scale falsehoods. It would never come into their heads to fabricate colossal untruths, and they would not believe that others could have the impetus to distort the truth so infamously. Adolf Hitler wrote that in Mein Kampf, Volume 1. And Joseph Goebbels said famously, if you tell a lie big enough and keep repeating it, 
people will eventually come to believe it. And the big lie here, folks, is that we can't make it on our own. We need the government. We need the Democrat Party to look after us as if we were just wayward children who are unable to fend for ourselves and go out into the world and do our own thing. And because the Republican Party says that, it should be every man for himself. Go out. Do your own thing. Start your own company. Own your own business. Employ people. Pay taxes, but as little taxes as is necessary. But we as Republicans employ you to do your own thing. Be your own person. Don't depend on government for a handout. Don't depend on government to even help you. Do it yourself. Get it for yourself. A lot of us have been blessed with parents who taught us to fend for ourselves, to go out and do it for ourselves, to make our marks. Those were good parents, as opposed to parents who told us that, well, Whitey was bad and evil, and his only existence was to keep us down. And that if you fall, if you stumble and fall, it's not your fault. It's because somewhere down the line in your background, your generational background, one of your ancestors was enslaved, in chains, maybe more. And because they were brought to this continent in chains, tortured, beaten, sold, and treated like animals, all the generations later, you coming to existence, and somehow your lack of achievement, your lack of will, your lack of ability to do things for yourself is not your fault. It's someone else's fault. The Democrat Party is not viewed as racist anymore because they're offering to take care of you. They're offering to give you something for nothing. They're saying, we care about you. We want you into the fold. We want to embrace you. We want to give you stuff for free. And all you have to do is sell your soul to, oh, I mean, give us your vote. But what really is happening is black folks are selling their soul to the devil. The devil that, well, why don't we let my man Zoe tell us all about it? Let's get an education tonight on the Democrat Party. And then maybe you can call in and tell us who's really racist. Is it the Republican Party who says, go fend for yourself and somehow that's racist? Or is it the Democrat Party who says, don't worry, 
sit in sit on your couch and watch TV and get fat and old and lazy. Sit in your mama's basement, and we'll make sure that your parents cover you on their health insurance until you're twenty damn six years old. You don't have to do anything. Oh, and by the way, when it comes time to vote, vote for me, because I gave you all that free shit, and I made it possible for you to sit on your couch and do absolutely nothing. Oh, and by the way, you're listening to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. I'm your host, Dr. C. Robert Jones. Today's date is June 14th, 2012. Beautiful old town Alexandria is where we are. United States of America, planet Earth, third planet from the sun. Let's examine. Let's examine black loyalty to the Democrats. Thank you. I've commented at length on the relationship between blacks, Democrats, and the Republican Party. Videos like Begin Deprogramming, where I examine that often asked question, why is it that the majority of the black community consistently votes Democrat? What's funny is that you kind of have to scratch your head and wonder, why is it that the majority of the black community votes Democrat? But back in the day when the majority of the black community voted Republican, it was pretty clear why. Actually, that's not entirely true. If you were wondering why blacks voted for Republicans, it was because you were wondering if they had a death wish. Am I lying? Man, you ain't got to look that far today to see the hostilities that'll come your way if you're black and you dare to be a Republican. And just a few decades ago, that hostility came along with lynchings. Now, people have been led to believe that these lynchings were done by a bunch of crazy rednecks running around in white sheets because that's the American way. But y'all, it wasn't the American way. It was the Democrat way. The Ku Klux Klan was the terrorist fraternity founded by the Democrat Party, and their message was simple. Vote or die. And when you vote, you make sure it's for Democrats. Now, who is it that was carrying on that vote or die message? Oh, yeah, Diddy. Now, do you think that whole vote or die rock the vote campaign is propaganda for you to vote Republican? No, it's for you to vote Democrat. The Klan wanted white voters to vote Democrat. They didn't want black folks to vote at all. But if black people were going to vote, they wanted them to vote Democrat, too. And you can be sure that the Klan has some choice words for black people who voted Republican. Why don't you learn this stuff in public school? Because the public school system is run by the Democrat Party and the unions. But what the scratch and sniff happened, man? The Democrat Party has been the pro-slavery party, the pro-segregation party, the anti-civil rights party, but the majority of the black community votes Democrat. Now, some will say it's because Martin Luther King gave his endorsement to Democrat John F. Kennedy. This supposedly happened after Robert Kennedy made a few phone calls to get Martin Luther King released from jail. But that same Robert Kennedy that made a few phone calls to get Martin Luther King released from jail is the same Robert Kennedy that gave the okie-dokie to J. Edgar Hoover to tap Martin Luther King's phone. They wanted to catch Martin Luther King engaging in dialogue that was favorable to communism. They didn't like Martin Luther King. Know why? Because he was a Republican. And actually, man, as far as I know, he never did endorse John F. Kennedy because Martin Luther King was a church pastor who stood by the principle of not endorsing candidates. Martin Luther King offered his thanks to the Kennedys. I don't think he offered an endorsement. But there's Martin Luther King Sr., who was also a Republican. He knew that the Democrats were not friends of the black community, and that included the Kennedys. Why would Martin Luther King endorse John F. Kennedy? Allow me to speculate. Could it be that Martin Luther King Sr. also got a phone call? A phone call that might have gone something like, uh, Look here, you want a safe and speedy release of your son from jail? How about a friendly nod for Kennedy in exchange? 
Not to mention, while John F. Kennedy was a senator, he opposed the civil rights bill that was being advanced by the Republican president, Eisenhower. Now, like Republicans, Democrats like the Kennedys back then didn't like communism. And Southern Democrats really hated communism. But let's clear this up, though. Hating communism does not make you a capitalist, and it does not make you a conservative. Adolf Hitler hated communism, too, but that didn't make him a capitalist or a conservative. I have to point this stuff out because the Democrats know they're being exposed, so they've been going around and changing some things. So when you go out and research and Google this stuff, you're going to find that the word Democrat is being replaced by the word conservative, especially when you go research them Southern Democrats, or Dixiecrats as they call them. They're changing the language, y'all. That's how they do. You know, kind of like the term global warming is being replaced by the term climate change. They got their foot ankle deep in their mouth on that one, and they're sore losers about it, man. And sore losers are always trying to change the game. But more and more, people are starting to call Democrats out on this stuff. What you mean, global warming, man? It's actually been kind of cool. Well, you see, our earth raping is causing our earth mother to be depressed, and her depression is manifesting as changing climates. No, 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 my green friend. The fact that the Earth has two poles doesn't make her bipolar, per se, like you. Those changes in the climates are called seasons and normal warming and cooling periods. The rest of us know that. Why, why, why don't y'all know that? Anyway, the Democrats were seeing that more and more the rest of the country wasn't really riding on the hateful frequency of the Southern Democrats. Now, I reckon the Democrat, Harry Truman, knew that. He was also a member of the Ku Klux Klan. He just didn't attend their slumber parties. At least that's what he says. But if Truman wanted to be president, he was going to have to show that he was in tune with the rest of the country. He was going to have to show that he was hip, he was cool, you know, denying civil rights to blacks is for squares, man. So he throws down with things like signing an executive order to end segregation in the military and to end discrimination in federal employment. That made him look a little better to the rest of the country. And it made Democrats look a little better to black people. But to his racist homies in the South, he's like, now don't y'all go thinking I'm expecting you to enforce all this civil rights crap. That's where Eisenhower comes in. He's the one who actually put into action what Truman only put on paper. Eisenhower moved to desegregate schools and the military. And if he had any reservations about desegregating schools, it was because he felt it was an issue that needed to be resolved on state levels. But Eisenhower did see that these people were being jerks and that their laws conflicted with the supreme law of the land. That's why there's that instance of Eisenhower sending in military support to make sure that black kids could go to school. Now, Martin Luther King did ask Eisenhower for more help. He wanted Eisenhower to be more verbal against what was happening in the South. And Eisenhower's like, man, I've been expressing my views on this. And to tell you the truth, I really don't know what good another speech for me is going to do for you. And Eisenhower was right, because the speech that was going to be the super rump shaker wasn't meant to come through Eisenhower. It was meant to come through Martin Luther King. So between Truman and the Kennedys, what civil rights meant was votes. It's like Truman set up the ball and the Kennedys spiked it. The Democrat Margaret Sanger already said it. You want to hoodwink the Negroes? You make nice with their ministers. Mm -hmm. And when Robert Kennedy got Martin Luther King released from jail, it made Democrats look good to the black community. So, of course, the black community was really disenfranchised. And when Martin Luther King busted on the scene to be the champion of civil rights, he really had the hearts of the black community with him, as well as a lot of other Americans. And when the people saw that their champion was freed from jail by a Democrat, they were so happy that they forgot that it was Democrats who put Martin Luther King in jail in the first place. They forget about Democrats like George Wallace and Democrats like Bull Firehose KKK Connor. There's the pro-segregationist Democrat Ernie Vandiver, the governor of the state that Martin Luther King was jailed in. FDR was instrumental in getting black people to start switching over to Democrat because of entitlements. 
See, the Democrats have had a system. You got to break the black community down, and every once in a while you got to give them a little something, something, you know, so they stay tolerant of the place that you produce them to. Now, the Democrats knew at some point the black community was going to rise against them, but that's okay because they had a plan for that, and they still use that plan today. Well, you know all that awful stuff that's been happening to you? <laughs> you know, it was those dang Republicans. <laughs> We've always been with you, brother. All right, we're back with the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. There you have just a brief history of the Democrat Party as it relates to so-called African Americans. Zoe is brilliant. Indeed he is. Zoe of the Zoe Nation is what you just heard. Um, Go ahead and Google him or... um, Look for him on YouTube. I just played a bit of um, examining the black uh, black loyalty to Democrats, uh, and he has some wonderful YouTube videos out there. Um, I I'd highly recommend um, his um, his blog and and his videos. Now, in the quotes that I just gave you, such as "If you tell a lie big enough and keep repeating it, people will eventually come to believe it." Uh, spoken by uh, Joseph Goebbels. In these quotes, Hitler and Goebbels are accusing their enemies, Jews and Englishmen, of lying rather than advocating its use. The theory of the big lie is thus itself just a big lie. A recent example of a big lie in Mid-May, the uh, New York Times published a story titled GOP Super PAC Weighs Hardline Attack on Obama. To its credit, the New York Times mostly reported the facts that someone had leaked plans by a Romney PAC led by Chicago businessman John Ricketts to use Mr. Wright's black liberation rhetoric against the president and to do so in an ad campaign. The only mention of racism is uh, in the story came from uh, the Ricketts group itself, who were prescient enough to plan for the charges of race baiting it envisioned if uh, it highlights Mr. Obama's former ties to Mr. Wright. At the time, the mainstream relevance of the story seemed uh, to be that Romney was showing McCain-like deference to Obama, possibly a sign that the once again Republicans had nominated someone who wasn't willing to bring a gun to a knife fight. Romney's campaigning sense has allayed most of those fears. No civility here. No civility will be granted. No quarter will be given in this election season. The stakes are far too high. And that's just my opinion. But the story has taken on a new life. Democrats seized on it as proof that, as everyone knew all along, Romney and his Republican Klansmen cronies are racist. It was a lie, a big lie, a colossal untruth, fabricated out of the thin air. Obama's connection to Jeremiah Wright has never been fully examined by anyone except uh, perhaps Fox News. 
Well, what we have here ought to be deeply troubling to all voters, Democrat and Republican. Raising the issue has nothing to do with race or racism. On the day after the Time story, James Carville sent an email to the Democrat Senatorial Campaign Committee. Went a little something like this. Yesterday, the New York Times exposed a massive Republican campaign full of race-baiting, fear-mongering, and outright lying against President Obama. It's disgusting. It's disgusting, it's vile, and a few other words I can't mention right now. I'm itching to fight back hard. Republicans have to learn that cotted racism is out of bounds. Stand with us and show they can't get away with it. Tell the Republicans to stop. Take a stand against despicable race baiting. And on May 31st, the story reappeared. Remember what Goebbels said. Keep repeating the lie. Keep repeating the lie. Republicans are racist. Republicans are racist. Where's the racism? As a member of uh, Reverend Wright, uh, the right-wing media... I'm following along with this issue all the time. Decades in Jeremiah Wright's church, Wright officiated at Obama's wedding. Wright baptized Obama's children. Obama took the title from his book, of his book, from one of Reverend Wright's sermons. Wright says things like, not God bless America, but God damn America. He's an alleged America hater. And America's chickens have come home to roost, blaming the United States for 9-11. This doesn't necessarily imply a linear connection to the president's views, but it certainly ought to raise questions. Aren't we not a product of the company we keep? Are we not a product of who we pal around with? Hell, the mere thought of me hanging out with Bob USMC has got me into more trouble that I can that I care to talk about. Because Bob has been known to get into a little trouble every now and then. To this day, Wright's Trinity Church website enumerates a Kwanzaa-like black value system and describes its members as follows. We are an African people and remain true to our native land, the mother continent, the cradle of civilization. It encourages a disavowal of the pursuits of middle-classness because the white oppressor or the captor seeks to control Africans by the following methods. You ready? Killing them off directly 
and or fostering a social system that encourages them to kill off one another. Number two, placing them in concentration camps and or structuring an economic environment that induces captive youth to fill the jails and prisons. It's all Whitey's fault. It's Whitey's fault. It's all Whitey's fault. Seducing them into socioeconomic class systems which, while training them to earn more dollars, hypnotizes them into believing they are better than others and teaches them to think in terms of we and they instead of us. <sighs> hmm. These views cannot be described as anything other than fringe extremism. Jeremiah Wright and Barack Hussein Obama attended this man's church for 20 years. Twenty years. Now, can you say that Barack Obama is not, doesn't have any party, doesn't have any belief in this crap? Think about it for a minute. Me, your humble host, Dr. C. Robert Jones, sitting in a pew of Jeremiah Wright's church and listening to all this crap going down. And I'm going to stay there for 20 years. Let's just say, let's take it this way. Jeremiah Wright's a Republican. And I decide that I'm going to sit in a pew and listen to Jeremiah Wright talk about white power. And I'm going to listen to my pastor, my Republican pastor, talk about white supremacy. And how the black man descended from monkeys... And all they do is eat fried chicken, play basketball. They can dance, and they like watermelon. An awful lot. So here I am, an aspiring politician. You'll call me Dr. Barack Jones. Now I'm sitting in Reverend Rice pew, Republican Reverend Wright, listening to him espouse all sorts of racism. And then the kicker is Reverend Wright says to me and my Republican congregation not God bless America, God damn America. You think I'm going to sit in his pew and listen to his sermons anymore? I'm going to distance myself from that guy. I'm going to say, hey, uh, the guy was talking crazy and I left his church. Enough said. Our parents taught us that we are a product of the company we keep. That we're a product of who we pal around with. Our friends and even our family speak to who we are and what we think and how we behave, which is important. Oh, by the way, the call-in number is 347-884-8500.
We're going to take a short break. We'll come right back. You're listening to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. And I'm your host, Dr. C. Robert Jones. Conservative prime time pops with excitement start to finish as callers argue passionately their point. Jermaine and Cool Mike host this sibling two-hour cage match while keeping the show just inside sanity. Dangling over the edge, conservative primetime is one of our most popular shows. You can listen, or if you're brave enough, call in and make your point. If you think you can debate today's relationship sports, call conservative primetime, weeknights at 1130, on the Bollywood Radio Network. Why are gas prices going higher and higher? Ask George Bush's best friend. Big oil. <laughs> Big oil kept U.S. oil reserves in Anwar off limits by paying off the caribou lobby. Big oil. And who conspired to keep new refineries from being built in the U.S.? Big oil. Big oil. And why is Ted Kennedy opposing windmills in Nantucket Sound? Big oil. And who, in 1979, along with the Cardigan Sweater Cartel, made sure that Iran would always be run by unstable lunatics? Big Oil. Big Oil did all this to make unbelievable profits of nine cents per gallon. So get angry at George Bush and Big Oil and ignore anything the Democrats have ever done to get us in this mess. Paid for by George Soros and other futures trading friends and Hillary Rodham Clinton. People come to Internet Radio for any number of reasons. Among the reasons are perhaps they're tired of the pasteurized, homogenized news that they get from their TV. Or some men want their talk radio a little more raw. Well, that's what you get with Internet Talk Radio. Real people with real opinions that give you real conversation. It's not just daddy's talk radio. And it's for people who stay informed and a great way to share ideas and debate issues. Well, let's just say that Internet Talk Radio hosts don't stick in front of the makeup mirror before they go on the air. Internet Talk Radio is a fast-growing new media that allows folks to get around the dinosaur media. We are America United. It's a network of patriotic radio hosts bringing you honest discussion and discourse that will keep you riveted all day. Check out radio.waaumedia.com. Broadcasting presents Liberals of Genius. Liberals of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. President of the United States. President of the United States. You single-handedly managed to choke all the life out of the world's greatest economy in record time. Ten percent no one else could have apologized more, spent more, or built a rat maze healthcare system from hell that only the IRS could love. What were you thinking? Thanks to you, FDR will be known as a conservative, Carter will look presidential, and Joseph Stalin won't seem like such a bad guy. So crack open a good book, sit on your butt, and help your buddies with a snowball's chance in November. Mr. President, the one we were waiting for.
Welcome back to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. I'm your host, Dr. C. Robert Jones. The call-in number is 347-884-8500. Obama and the neo-Marxist left. There's a clever manipulation of projection and paranoia with this crowd. In the necessary enemy, Dr. Zero at Hot Air has identified the crucial psychological defenses that is required for collectivism. Collectivist politics of any stripe require enemies. Enemies, because they rely upon coercion or coercion, sorry. Socialist utopias don't come into existence simultaneously. There'd be no need for a uh, confiscation of uh, con- uh, and, and high tax rates on the wealthy if the wealthy the wealthy voluntarily use their money to buy cars and houses for everyone in the lower income brackets. Of course, without requiring them to work in return, nobody would be talking about nationalizing health care if doctors and hospital staff were happy to work 80 hours a week for minimum wage. And of course, pharmaceutical companies were run by giant charities that cheerfully sank billions into developing drugs they resell at cost. Few people would leave a sizable chunk of their estates to the government if the government didn't seize the money through death taxes. No large group of people on earth has ever freely chosen to peacefully organize themselves into a socialist collective. They either slip into it through small losses of freedom that seem relatively painless as they happen, or or they are forced into it by gunpoint. This is the history of the world. There are no exceptions. If If Franklin Delano Roosevelt had proposed Obama's current budget and regulatory plans at the outset of the New Deal, he would have been laughed out of office. And if he had attempted to impose Obama's policies by force, he would have needed infantry platoons and tanks to do so. Make no mistake here. The basic premise of socialist government, as Obama's, Obama famously explained to the, Joe the Plumber in Ohio, is to take wealth away from the more successful people in society and spread that wealth around. This will always be more attractive always be a more attractive proposition to the people serving uh, 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 serving as the, the bread than the people being used as the peanut butter. The creators of wealth must be forced to participate in the system. We, the creators of wealth, must be forced into participating. The creators of wealth must be forced 
to participate. Now, now that that's sunk in, we must be forced to participate to the point where a sense of civic duty, civic duty or compassion for the downtrodden would keep them in line. After all, nearly half the country currently pays no income taxes. And they're not all downtrodden people deserving of charity either. In fact, the socialist dream is to reach the point where over half the population pays no taxes and will thus be inclined to support all expansions of government power. You can't get the magic 51% of tax dependents just by using hungry orphans and props. No, increasing levels of coercion are necessary to expand the socialist system and to keep wealth producers trapped within it. To maintain popular support, the socialists need voters to stay angry at designated class enemies, those one percenters. The 99% against the 1%. The Obama style of total government control over private businesses tends to turn... Well, it's going to turn on us with frightening speed because it attempts to preserve the illusion, the illusion of private enterprise, even as the entrepreneurs are enslaved to the total state. But but there's a catch. The wealth producers have other places to go. Remember when we talked about projection? The psychological defense mechanism? Which is just a a little psychic push away from becoming paranoia. The beginning of the 21st century will surely be looked back as a golden age of paranoia. The headlines of today fairly ooze with the delusion and vast conspiracies dreamed of in the minds of the paranoid left. I'll also admit that paranoia and delusional thinking are equal opportunity. Multiracial, multicultural, and gender indifferent uh, psychological processes all are bound. And they're so easily and conveniently put to use. They're accessible even to the youngest of children or the most psychologically disabled adult mind. Folks, the political left certainly has no claim on exclusivity in the use of these immature defenses. No. We have some Republicans who are guilty of the very same things, just a lot fewer than Democrats. Which brings me to the most prevalent mental dysfunction of our time. And the underlying cause of all denial, projection, and paranoia, the unwillingness to face reality and, more importantly, reality's consequences. We're living in a time where 
America is at a crossword, a crossroads. We're living in a time of political paranoia and projection. May you live in interesting times. Remember, that's a curse. <laughs> it's a curse. We have a call on the line. We'll take our caller. Call you on with the C. Robert Jones situation report. Well, I thought I had a caller. Maybe my caller is just listening. Okay. Denial. Denial is the refusal to accept external realities because it's too threatening. And don't we see that in the mainstream media every single day? Certainly MSNBC. I mean, they're loaded with those clowns. Denial. Denial such as, um, hmm, when, uh, what was that? Um, election in, uh, what, what state was that? Uh, Wisconsin. Well, it wasn't a win for the governor. It was a win for Mr. Obama because the exit polls showed that there were more folks inclined to vote for Obama than for Romney. So the denial was that the recall ever even existed or perhaps the recall wasn't at all important. The recall served to do one thing, not not fortify uh, Governor Walker's power and abilities and not to provide a vote of confidence for his policies, but it was a referendum on Barack Obama. It was really all about Obama and how folks will plan to vote for him in droves this coming November. Denial. But the good news is denial is only useful as a short-term strategy to permit to permit a person to come to terms with reality as the fine folks over at MSNBC are coming to grips with right now. Delusion. Delusional projection is what we have here. Just to be clear, there's a reason why all human beings are capable of psychological projection. Democrat, Republican, Communist, Socialist makes no difference. For example, instead of uh, saying, I hate my father, the individual thinks, my father hates me. And this serves two important functions, folks. First, it gets rid of the unwanted and unacceptable feeling within. And second, it makes the person projecting a victim of someone else. In this example, a victim of the person's father. What we have here is denial, denial, and still more denial. America. 
Republicans. Republicans are racist. You say it enough, and somehow, someone will make it so. Republicans are racist. Never mind that the Republican Party was pretty much founded on eliminating slavery. Never mind that some of your greatest black men and women were and are Republicans. How many of my black brothers and sisters out there who love a good Denzel Washington movie would be surprised to know that my main man Denzel is a Republican, a conservative. He's both of those. But you love him anyway. So, with that in mind, we're going to we're going to give you the words of a great a great man and a Republican. Don't give us something for nothing. Don't give us something for free. Don't try to buy our vote. Simply leave us alone. Leave us alone. But black folks don't want that. They want something for nothing. They want to, well... If I help him, he's going to help me. I won't have to worry about putting gas in my car. I won't have to worry about paying my mortgage. I won't have to worry about anything. If I help him, he's going to help me. So the woman who spoke those ill-fated words nearly four years ago pretty much said that if I, if, if I vote for Barack Hussein Obama, the first black president of the United States, he's going to give me something for that vote. Her ancestors must be rolling over in their graves because what a black man wants, what a black Republican man wants, what every black man should want, in my personal opinion, is to be left alone. And in the immortal words of Frederick Douglass, well, I'll let him tell you. So I'm going to close the show with What a Black Man Wants by Frederick Douglass, a great black Republican. I want to thank you all for listening to the show tonight. God bless you and God bless the United States of America. Oh, and by the way, before we go, Southern Sense, G-Ski Rocks, GGT 183. Remember those. Southern Census Show tomorrow, 2 p.m. G-Ski. I think it's tonight. At 9, right after my show. And then, of course, GGT 183. If you stay up real late at 11.30 or you got to get up in the middle of the night to go pee, you know, tune in to GGT 183. He has an awesome show. Once again, thank you all for listening tonight. We're out of here, and we're going to leave you with what a black man wants. 1865, Frederick Douglass speech. Ask my friends who are apologizing for not insisting upon this right. Where can the black man look in this country for the assertion of his right if he may not look to the Massachusetts Anti-Slavery Society? Where? Under the whole heavens, 
can he look for sympathy in asserting this right if he may not look to this platform? Have you lifted us up to a certain height to see that we are men and then are any disposed to leave us there without seeing that we are put in possession of all our rights? We look naturally to this platform for the assertion of all our rights and for this one especially. I understand the anti-slavery societies of this country to be based on two principles. First, the freedom of the blacks of this country. And second, the elevation of them. Let me not be misunderstood here. I am not asking for sympathy at the hands of abolitionists, sympathy at the hands of any. I think the American people are disposed often to be generous rather than just. I look over this country at the present time and I see educational societies, sanitary commissions, freedmen's associations and the like, all very good. But in regard to the people of color in this land, there has always been more that is benevolent, I perceive, than just manifested toward us. What I ask for the black man is not benevolence, not pity, not sympathy, but simply justice. The American people have always been anxious to know what they shall do with us. Everybody has asked the question and learned to ask it early of the abolitionists. What shall we do with the black man? I have had but one answer from the beginning. Do nothing with us. Your doing with us has already played the mischief with us. Do nothing with us. If the apple will not remain on the tree of their own strength, if they are worm-eaten at the core, if they are early ripe and disposed to fall, then let them fall. I'm not for tying or fastening them on the tree in any way except by nature's plan. And if they will not stay there, then let them fall. If the black man cannot stand on his own legs, then let him fall also. on his way to school. Let him alone. Don't disturb him. If you see him going to the dinner table at a hotel, then let him go. If you see him going to the ballot box, then let him alone. Don't disturb him. If you see him going into a workshop, just let him alone. cannot live by the line of eternal justice. The force will not be yours. It will be his who made the black man and established that line of his government. Let them live or die by that. If you will only untie his hands and give him a chance, 
work as readily for himself as the white man. Now, a great many delusions have been swept away by this war. One was that the black man would not work. He has proved his ability to work. Another was that the black man would not fight, that he possessed only the most cheapest attributes of humanity, both a perfect lamb or an Uncle Tom, disposed to take off his coat whenever required, hold his hand and be whipped by anybody who wanted to whip him. But this war, this war has proved that there is a great deal of human nature in that black man. And that yes, he will fight. That should pretty much say it all, folks. Instead of wanting something for nothing, instead of wanting a handout from the government, let us be let us fend for ourselves and be left alone and not have our votes bought by Republicans or Democrats. I want to thank you all for listening tonight. It's been great. I hope everyone has a wonderful evening. Southern Sense has got a fat pussy at her house. That's all I want to say about that. But, uh, hey, (laughs) causing no amount of mischief. (laughs) Oh, uh, Okay. Well, thank you all um, uh, for listening tonight. God bless you, and God bless the United States of America. Out. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.